Hello and welcome to the WooCast episode number 49 with Tian Siren. My name is Mackie. And I'm Juliet. And we're here to explore all things weird, weird and woo-woo. Welcome, everybody. Yeah. This was an awesome episode. Yes. And partially because it was unexpected that I would even have Tian Siren on the podcast. I first heard her on Shaman Direct's podcast, which you guys have probably heard me reference before. There's a few people that are my like, you know, podcast go-tos. And uh, Shaman Derek is one, just always so uplifting and what I need to hear in the moment. So definitely check that out. And um, Tian Serum was on there and she gave him an Akashic reading, a past life reading that I could not stop listening to. It was like just being a little girl hearing a, a fairy tale. I mean, not all of it was pleasant. Sometimes our past lives have a lot of shit in them, but I could not stop listening to this woman and she, the way she spoke and just talked about past lives and the the Akasha and what it all means. And we have had um, one or two other people on the show now who've talked, who are Akashic record readers. We had Amy Belair. Yeah, and... I feel like we had someone else, but I could be wrong. I guess... Um, Rock and roll shaman. Rock and roll shaman, yeah. Listen, this is the thing with this stuff is we all have the capacity to tap into this. It's about fine tuning the channel. And that is really what this episode is about a lot. I asked Tian, so how do us mere mortals, (laughs) joking, (laughs) because we're not, we're all magical, but how do we tap into this? If I want to know what my past life is without having to pay someone who, you know, has these special gifts and talents, how do, how do I get there? And that's the thing is we all can, it's about cultivating our own abilities to listen to what our truth is. And just, I mean, I think about this all the time, Mackie, but what is real it's whatever you perceive it to be right and we are very programmed to be told what our reality is through the media through you know television through movies and shows that we grew up watching through our parents through all the generations they have shaped us and so whatever we perceive as being reality is really based on all of that but what if we were told when you were little that If you had a fantasy in your mind, Mackie, let's say you had some, you just pictured that you were chatting with an alien and we were told that, yes, you are chatting with an alien, like no doubt about it. What if that was something that was programmed into us when we were little? We wouldn't question it. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I'm talking to my friend, Tim. He's over here in the sixth dimension. I think that might freak freak my parents out. No, but I'm saying is it's all about what you've been told is right or wrong. We live in a very polarizing world in that somebody creates this, not somebody, but we all kind of tune into this narrative of what is the truth. And there are no truths necessarily that are absolute. And that's what I really learned throughout my spiritual journey is being able to tap into my own knowing and my own intuition and and just going with it. And if I feel like I'm I am talking to my guides or I'm getting a a download, it's just learning to accept that for myself and not question it. It's not harming me or anyone. In fact, most of the time it's really helping me when I'm getting these messages and I don't know where they come from. They just sort of come into my this message mind. that comes in and it's like 
right at the right moment to get you to step back from the ledge, right? Like metaphorically speaking, of course. And what you're going to hear a lot in this episode is we have to ask for it. A lot of us are waiting. We're waiting for these magical powers to come into us. And we think that they're going to be some, it's going to be some like voice from outside of ourselves being like, Mackie, I am here to tell you that you are making the right decision or you are not making the right decision. Right. And that's definitely from what I have experienced myself and from what I have gathered from talking to so many intuitives and people that truly, truly trust this part of themselves. They have shared with me and I have, and I have now felt myself that these voices, these guides, they're very subtle. And for me, how do I tell it is ego versus my higher self intuition? A lot of it has to do with the tone and how it's coming through. The ego will always try to, to push you, rush you, shame you, blame you into something versus the higher self tends to be very gentle, very sweet and encouraging and neutral too in that way that they're, they are very neutral. They're not going to try to completely get in your way because you have free will at the end of the day. Your guides can only guide you and give you little like snippets and breadcrumbs thrown at you, but you're going to follow that trail or you're not going to follow that trail. And that's your free will. But if you want to cultivate more of a sense of, I'm really following my path, my inner guidance, then we want to start tuning in to that. And you know, what TN Siren talks about is how do we go into that space of tuning in? We talk a lot about the Akasha, how she got into it. She was and still is, uh, but now she's transitioning full time into this work, a photographer. She has photographed a lot of celebrities at, you know, music festivals and different award shows. So she has lived a very kind of 3D reality, grew up with certain religion in her life, and then was kind of met with this different way of thinking about our existence. And it kept knocking and she listened and she followed along. So hear her journey into that and how she became the reader that she is today. And she's also, she is a second generation intuitive because her father also was an empath and a medium. She grew up in Thailand. And so spirituality and healing practices were definitely a major part of that, that upbringing. But then she went on to study other religions. So very, very interesting story that she has. And she really just seeks to help people find deeper clarity, insight. And uh, she assists people in moving forward with more power and confidence in their life's calling. I had a reading with her on July 4th such a weird thing to do on a holiday, but we had no fireworks here in Boulder because we've had uh, a lot of uh, fire warnings. And so we were not able to have anything like that. Not that I even really care about fireworks, but there was no celebrations basically. And I had a Akashic Records reading on July 4th and I'll never forget it because it's just like one of those days that you're like, I did that on that day. And it was so powerful and so affirming for me in my path and where I'm going and embodying more of a high priestess energy, someone who's just out here to share knowledge and passion. And I'll be the first to tell you that I have 
no idea what this is all about. I can only sense and feel my way through this reality lately and try to embody what resonates for me. And I'm not here to tell anybody how they should live their life or how spiritual they should be. None of it. I just really love these conversations and the philosophy and the theology all around it and having these talks with the guests that come on. They just get me so excited and have helped me so much in my life. And I know for Mackie too, both of us have been showing up in all, in really different ways in how we believe in ourselves more than we've ever believed in ourselves and realize all of the disempowerment that happens through institutions and the structures in our culture. And when you really look at them, you just see how challenging it is for us to rise above that and really feel like you are this sovereign being that has complete control over your life. And you do, but you do have to peel back through those layers of understanding that it's, it's not always so easy when you're all wrapped up in this 3D reality of what people tell you that you need to do to succeed or be worthy of living. And yeah, I'm going on a little bit of a rant here, but that's just what I've, I've you know, this episode really made me think a lot about that. Yeah. Mackie's just staring at our cat right now, just so you guys know. He's, and that's okay. <laughs> that's my reality right now. That's his reality, staring at the cat as she cleans herself to perfection because that is her life, just eating and cleaning and sleeping and pooping. And she's so beautiful. And our lives are not that simple, but we, they could be if we wanted them to be right. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, guys, really hope that you like this episode. Uh, Akashic Records is definitely something I am fascinated with. Just tapping into everything that exists, will ever exist and has existed. That library of our reality. And uh, I hope you enjoy. And definitely, if you get around to it, check out Tian Siren's website. Book a reading with her. It was an awesome reading. And we'll have all of those links in the show notes. Talk to you guys soon. How has it been doing this full time or did you, is it official yet? It's official. Wow. Nice. Yeah. yeah Friday was my last day. Wow. So, yeah. Congratulations. It's good. It's good. I mean, I, I've been, you know, like planning it cosmically for a while, you know, like about two years ago, I was like, no, I don't want to do corporate work for the rest of my life, you know? And yeah. so I started to build this on the side and then, um, and then Shaman Derek happened. And then it's kind of like, it, it's good. I, I booked until January weekend wise and the weekdays start to adding weekdays to it so cool. yeah amazing we, we hit record so we're we're going we will we'll, we do our we'll do our <laughs> intro we sometimes we do this and if things start flowing we're like let's just keep going <laughs> oh, okay okay i was thinking about that for you with being on shaman Derek's podcast how that may how, like how that would basically ignite this for you because 
I mean, that's how I I was like, I'm booking a reading with you right after you were on. And I was like, and I was like, I'm getting in early because like the podcast just came out and then I instantly did it. And oh, yeah. then I could imagine that you would be super booked up from that. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, what what I love the most about um, the experience is that I always believe that it's always about your dedication, your passion meets a little bit of luck or opportunity, how you want to call it, you know, yeah. and, and it is is for you to be able to be in your power, know what you want and start building toward it. Because a lot of time I feel that people think that, oh, well, I'm just going to wait until that right moment. Or I'm just going to wait until I'm perfect to do something. Or I have to wait until I have all the X, Y, and C to do something. While in reality, I believe that the work that we do here are really a collaboration of building between you and the source. And you have to put your part in it in order for them to put their part in it and bring, and bring you know, that um, amazing break that I got through my experience with Shaman Durek. And how it happened was kind of a fun serendipity because I read for him on Clubhouse. Oh, nice. Yeah, so a friend of mine, <laughs> I remember a funny story, actually. I I have been hosting a room with my friend Ben, Ben Gorlick, for a long time. And then that one day, just got back from acupuncture so, or chiropractor or whatever. And I was like kind of tired I was ready to have my dinner and was sitting down definitely not perfect definitely not prepared for <clears throat> any of that and then and my friend Ben was like I was in the room with Shaman Derek there was like about over 300 something people and um and then he was just like hey Tian do you want to do um the the message from the Akashic record for the room I was like you know what why not? I'm feeling it, you know? So, so I did that and I was like, okay, I done my job. I'm going to eat now. And then all of a sudden he said, you know what, actually, I want you to read for Shaman Durek too. I was nice. like, oh, am I now? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was, I was admittingly, I was a little bit nervous. I was in my, you know, quote unquote, prepare, but I was like, in my heart, I was like, you know what? Why not? You know, because at the end of the day, when I read for people is really about me being um, the channel and me being the, you know, the, the, I see myself as a translator between their, their master teachers, their ancestor, and also their past life into them. So it's not really about me have to come up with some kind of performance. Mm -hmm. It was just me delivering what I see and hear, you know, I'll feel. And so, so I told my friend was like, you know, let me give me five minutes because I have a ritual that I have to do where I kind of tap into my own heart. And then kind of, I, because I believe that as an intuitive and a channeler, you have to put the, the oxygen mask on yourself first. You need to get your space clean first so you can receive fully. So I was like, give me five minutes. Let me clean the space real quickly. Let me realign myself. I'll be right back, you know? And then, and then I read for him. And then I remember when it was so funny because in on on Clubhouse, when you're on it, you know that you get to see the little icon photo 
and that's all you see. You don't know anything else except the little icon. And at the time, he picked this photo that he like fiercely looking into the camera. It was a little <laughs> intimidating. So I feel like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so as I was reading it, um, I was just asking my guy. I was like, no, I'm a little nervous. And they was like, no, just read for him as if you're gonna read for anybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, there's yeah. so much. There were so many people in the room and I have so much, you know, love and admiration for, you know, who he is and what he does. So it's like, I want to do well. I want to, you know, deliver what he needed and, and, and it went well, you know, and then he invited me to go on a podcast and that's how it happened. I didn't expect it. I didn't even expect him to even invited me, which is happy to share what I received because because he had been sharing so much with everyone else, you know, so. Yeah. And for those listening, that podcast is on Sh Shaman Derek's podcast, uh, maybe a couple months ago, maybe. Yeah, about, about a couple months ago, it was in June. So yeah. um, Ancient Wisdom Today. Ancient so. Wisdom Today. We'll link it in the show notes because it is a, it's a podcast that I listen to anytime there's an episode that comes out. I, I'm like, yeah, that's my it's an automatic. <laughs> it's listen. an automatic listen for me because it. It really is has it's it's a feel good podcast and it it is ancient wisdom and I loved your that you were doing a reading for him on that was the episode basically it was just you reading him and channeling his past life well one of his past lives that was very uh I guess impactful for this lifetime and can you talk a little bit about that with with past lives and and reincarnation how the soul goes through this journey of bringing things into this current life that mm -hmm. perhaps they have some like car. I don't know if you call them like karmic debts to pay or how you would describe it, but I would love for the listeners to understand a little bit about how that works for those of us who incarnate. Sure. Is um, there's a different perspective on karma. So I have my own perspective from Akashic records and, and things like that. But in terms of karma, oftentimes people see is that a debt to pay or, or the, the debt to pay to someone that you have done wrong. And I see this, you know, you can see this in Hinduism and other religions out there too. And but but from from a from a perspective that I hold in Akashic Records, I see Karma doesn't belong to the debt that you pay to somebody else. Is karma is really about you coming to be um, at peace or with your choices, or come to forgive yourself, or come to take your power back to self. Because karma at the end of the day belong to self. You know, each time that we come into this earth, we come here to um to evolutionalize our soul. That's why I always see that when every time I see human decided to come here on earth is such a powerful thing because we we know full well what the ups and down that we have to go to, especially the down part. The down part I find that is make humans so special and powerful because knowing it, we know that, okay, you're going to go do some shadow work and go through some trauma, but we chose to do it anyway because we know that through this, we'll be liberated. Through this, we'll be healed. Through this, we will be healed uh, through our ancestor. So in terms of people that come to, to our life that we have um, karmic 
connection with. It's not so much we come here to pay a debt we owe to them. We come here, but they, they do come though. They do come in a picture to awaken the memory, awaken certain thing within us to activate that healing process. So for some people get to basically reliving the same scenario again with their loved ones um, in order for us to make a different choices in order to step into another level of our evolution. So that's mm -hmm. how I see karma is, oh, and karma is like a soul memories that carry through many lifetimes. And we come to heal that multi-dimensionally and multi-lifetime. So people always ask, I so like, how, how does the karma work? How do you heal it? And say, oh, you can heal it many lifetime in one lifetime. You can heal fragments of it at once. Yeah. And so I'm, the word lesson kind of comes more to mind in that, you know, I've heard of earth as a school, like we come here to earth school. And right. we have these and different lessons that we learn through these experiences and through these rememberings of people coming into our lives and maybe pushing our buttons or going through the oh, shadow yeah. work. And then it's then that it's are you going to step into your power? Are you going to rise above this lesson and really learn from it and sort of cut that same pattern that you've been in in order to <laughs> grow? And That's would you say that even like the word ascension comes up with this in order to kind of for our soul to go to those next levels. Is that how it works when we go through these lessons? We can kind of climb whatever that ladder is of when, what is the ladder? Where are we going next? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Mm, that's a good question because ascension is such a um, subject that I've been reflecting a lot, you know, because I think ascension to me is especially ascension of human soul. I don't think it's about us climbing the ladder, but it's rather about us going back to the originality of who we were, which is love and grace. So it's not about like, now we're at the rock bottom. We have to climb up to the top, you know, and, and I also find that ascension oftentimes in the spiritual community see it as um, escapism. If it's going in extreme ways, it's kind of, oh, I don't want to feel anything. I'm ascending and I don't, I'm not part of this early round. We're going to the 5D. To me, I see the true ascension is ability to be able to tap into the source, tap into the essence of who you are and bring that back here on earth mm -hmm. and help others with it and help ourselves with it. To me, that's true ascension because we did not choose to be human to escape being human. We choose mm. to be human to be the best kind of human that we can be. And if you're you know, going back, you're saying that we chose, we as a soul said, I am going to go to earth and I'm going to be in that body. Exactly. So knowing that you chose this can give you a real sense of empowerment. Okay, if I chose this, mm -hmm. then how do I want to play this? Exactly. Like we can choose to like live small or be like a kick ass version of a human that we can be, mm -hmm. you know. So. How do humans work on their fear? 
getting out of their own way because of fear holding them back. And there's a lot of fear right now in our present day that's kind mm-hmm. of circulating and through osmosis, no matter, I feel like who you are, there's, it's, it's like, how can it not be seeping in right now? Oh, it's, it's so difficult right now because is is the multiple fear, fear that come from the collective energy, fear from, you know, within ourselves and our ability, even fear from people rejecting us. You know, nowadays it seems like everything that people do is seem to be criticized, look into, and people often share their opinion so boldly, or sometimes people bully each other on social media, feeling that, oh, this is this is my opinion, this is my voice, and you know, and and so how to get rid of fear? Um I don't think that is the way to get rid of fear permanently, you know, because that would be another form of trying to escape. But is is the ability to, even though you have fear, still do what you desire and your mission to do here anyways. Mm-hmm. And once you start doing that, your focus is then instead of thinking about calamity or what other the people think of you uh, or what if maybe you focusing you come back to your heart and i believe that the heart is a direct portal to your akashic records so you come back to the center you come back sure you're afraid but you're still doing what matter most to you and that will activate and bring joys and an indescribable peace and um, and healing too, in many ways, for you to be able to be defiant enough and say, like, I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it anyways because this will help others, this will heal my family, this will do many things, you know. And, and we are part of, we are an integral part of something that we are building together. And even though sometimes we may rubbing against each other, we can also learn from one another. And I think it's also have a good discernment from a place of love for yourself and a place of knowing what is my responsibility and what is not my responsibility. And and when I say that what is my responsibility and what is not my responsibility, I'm not saying in a way that is like bypassing, but there are things, there are such things that when sometimes when you're overdoing something, when you're taking on that you feel like you have to evangelize people to come to see the way you do and all those things, that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility to live in your power, live in your truth, and and not try to convince other to somehow so you can feel love and accept this and include into the group. You do what you do and trust that they have their own master teacher and ancestor and angels and also their own soul evolution that come here to grow and heal as well. And it's a matter of mutual respect of that journey as well as yours. And eventually, magically, um, I hope that, you know, we all can like, you know, meet at the same road one day, you know. A few things are coming up as you're sharing. One, that this is really about courage, having courage. Mm -hmm. Brene talks about courage being 
being living in the fear and doing it anyways. Nope. That vulnerability that it takes to just do it anyways. You know, like we're not going to get rid of the fear, but it's about saying hi to it, recognizing it. And it's befriending. Actually, I pulled an Oracle card yesterday for a client and the Oracle card was befriend your fear monster. (laughs) Make make friends with it. Yeah. It's teaching you something. It's there. It's not going anywhere. So you might as well make friends with it. And this idea of coming more from your heart and learning to love yourself in order to really emanate love out to the universe. I think this is one of the most profound things that each one of us can really do is really try to love ourselves. And in a world where we're so indoctrinated into there's something wrong with you, you have to live up to this expectation, you have to look this way, you have to have this job, you have to have this circle of friends, all the things, right? Or you're not worthy of, and you might not call it love, but in, you know, you might say worthy of acceptance or having a good life or however you want to interpret it. But really it's when you go down to the very bottom, it's love. Yes. Because we, we are, doesn't matter what color we are, doesn't matter what we rich or poor at the end of the day, we needed love and we wanted love. And I think it's important for us to treat each other accordingly, you know, and and I, I feel that a lot of the time, the way that how the school system works, how a lot of, you know, religious dogma work is always about um, performance. It's about, you know, who, who's the hero? Who's the villain? Who's the victim? And wow, wow, can we all be heroes? You know, can can we all come here? I mean, to think about it, we all come here so bravely to come here to heal ourselves and 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 in turn healing other. Can we all be heroes? Can why can one person have to be a victim? On you know, and um, so that that's how that's how I that's how I see it. This whole concept of fear and that we we do it anyway and we have the courage to do it anyways. We we speak up when we need to, and then we just let it be instead of speaking up and have to keep convincing them. Because when you try to convincing people, then it's not really about you speaking, um, like you know, like sharing. It's become about indoctrinating. Mm-hmm. And we don't need any And looking for that sense of reassurance and acceptance no. from others. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it is and important that, to speak. Bring your power away in many ways. Yeah, so know? it's that balance of like speaking your truth. Mm-hmm. That is a very, very freeing thing for humans to express yeah. themselves. Right? It's a creativity to use our voice. Yes. And to share. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, that I reflect over, you know, this past two two years that we are in, the interesting time that we are in, is that I think it's powerful to speak your truth. But I think it's also powerful to pause between, between you speaking your truth, quote unquote, because sometimes I feel that you know, to talk about vulnerability, I think it's powerful to speak your truth but I think before you speak our truth, let's pause a bit 
and let ourselves be vulnerable with ourselves and say, why is this bothering me? You know, where is this coming from? And take a look at it and be able to love yourself where you at with all of your emotion, your anger, your frustration, or even your sadness, and be able to accept that first. And once you be able to accept that about yourself, then speak your truth. Then it's come from a place that you no longer needing that validation of that anger feeling, frustration feeling, or feeling unloved. You already accept that part of you and say, okay, and I'm all angry and okay with that. And now I can express it from a place of um, power rather than a place of reactionary or a place of need. Because sometimes people get quote unquote vulnerable and underneath of it, they're like, I hope that that person will apologize. Or I hope that person will say like, oh, you are right. And when they don't, then what? then you give more of your power away and you become more frustrated. You become more angry, you know? So I think it's important to whatever it is, come back to you like, okay, even though my opinion, it may be different with other people, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. And when you express it, mm-hmm. regardless of what they said, then you can express from a place of love and grace and genuine because you already like know what you're about and you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. But it go from a place of seeking their approval or trying to convince them. That's to me, that is like more risky because it's really dependent on what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be like, oh my gosh, you're right. And you're like, okay, now I feel better. So it's but if taking they're like, accountability. Oh, it's with you and you're like, ah, you know, so yeah. yeah. Taking accountability taking for accountability. everything, just yeah, for every everything. single thing. And, you know, that's, a, that's something that I've, I've really started to, take on personally and it's work it's work to to be responsible for everything in your life and take accountability you know sometimes it's just like ah, i don't know why can't i just blame it on somebody else but you know it's but at the end of the day this word grace you're using is really what comes with that when you have that accountability and you're able to look inside yourself and ask yourself sometimes some really hard questions like what within me is triggering me to feel this way from this other person and mm-hmm. then you feel that sense of more of grace and more compassion for yourself and then oh, you can release the feeling of tension in your body right mm-hmm. which creates illness if we let those things just continue to bubble if we just Absolutely. keep that stress building within us it's like you can release yourself from all of that Right. Nobody mm-hmm. else's. It's not going to be nobody else's job to release. No, ma- doesn't matter who apologizes to you. It's you forgiving. It's you forgiving yourself. It's you forgiving the other person that's going to let you be free from some of those yeah. feelings. And, and for you to accept yourself, you know. And I, I oftentimes see that we create this duality of. This is a good feeling. This is a bad feeling. If you're happy, if you're excited, those are good feeling. But if you're sad, if you're angry, if you're frustrated, that's bad feeling. And to me, I mean, it's it's easy to accept all the fun feelings, you know. And I, even sometimes I feel that people cannot even accept that because that's another, you know, that's you know the self love issue. But when it's come to the bad feeling, quote unquote. To me, I feel that those feelings are such a powerful portal 
to unconditional self-love. If you can love that part of you, you can love anything, you know, and, and, and there's a powerful thing that I do see that in the collective is that we celebrate so much of the yang energy of, I have to build my business. I have to do this. And we also apply that into like, I have to heal. I have to heal fast. I have to heal now. I need to just get to it quick, you know? And, and there's a powerful thing about the yin energy, ability to just let things flow, let things slowly heal. You know, like the baby was born in the womb. The baby was not in a hurry to get out. The baby is just chilling in there for nine months. I'll come out when it's time for me to come out. And if you're me, you turn last minute. I was like, hell, I was like, hell no. We're staying in here. <laughs> My poor mom had to to get a, a last minute C-section because I was like at the very last moment, just like, I'm just going to stay right I'm here. Not- and I blocked my and I blocked my twin brother from coming out. Right. Oh. <laughs> no, you don't get that's to come so out either. We're staying in here. That's interesting. That's interesting. Huh. Now I'm like thinking about hmm, you have cash of records. Um, but, but um yeah, for me, like with my mom, she it's the same thing when I was like the water her water broke and we're just chilling in there. I was like contemplating should i come out <laughs> do i really want this <laughs> yeah and I had to see section me out too so <laughs> oh my gosh do you know what did your mom's birth story was no oh, we should ask her yeah the birth stories are pretty powerful it's like the start it's the start of you coming into this human form this incarnation yeah and- i was like mm, do i want this okay <laughs> i guess i'll come out <laughs> So. so you come from a family that was very intuitive, right? Your father had intuitive abilities. Yes, he does. He um he really you know, very a committed Buddhist. So I remember as a kid, I have gone through all the Buddhist temple in Thailand. You name it. I probably have gone through all of them, wow. you know. So but it's come from a place of um, so I did learn a lot about how to have reverence for the divine. And then later on in my life, I learned how to collaborate with them and have relationship with them rather than from a place of, you know, distant, from a more place of, you know, collaborative. So when did yeah. this start coming into being for you that you were like, I want to follow this path of doing readings? And how did that unfold? Um, it's unfold kind of um, not planned, actually. Well, not planned from a sense of me being human, not planning it, but it's more like I probably plan it when I chose to be here. So um, so I grew up always feeling things. I feel people moods. I remember as a kid, I was very moody because... Um, I can feel everyone's energy looking back and I can hear that, you know, some of my dad's friend was gossiping about him or they were picking on me and I was just, what, what's going on here? And then when I go to places like a temple or houses, I can feel energy. I always tell, I can, can feel that if there's like entity there, I feel that still this day, I feel that the air is a little thicker. Mm. It's like, it doesn't feel as breezy. It's like, hmm, it's a little stuffy here. So um, so as a kid, I I was just 
try to make life happen. I, I was sick a lot. I was, you know, just all sorts of things. And I think what really changed was in my teen year, I went, I walked, I got back from school and I walked by a bookstore and I saw a little thing that's called tarot card. So I took it upon myself and started studying it. So in my teen year, I did a lot of tarot card reading for my friends on the bus, <laughs> you know, as we're traveling home in Bangkok traffic. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's do this. And then they will call me Mamma, which is in Thai mean um, a psychic. You know, so I would do reading for them and I studied like numerology and to just kind of make, try to like grounding and make sense of my ability. And then, um, and then in my, probably in my college year, I, I decided to go to Christian school. So I studied Christianity for a while and I abandoned all of those things, like, you know, numerology knowledge and well it's not a banner it's just kind of put it aside because in the evangelical christian this oftentimes they see those as you know not of god or evil or all of those things so i left that for a while and then uh, and then i went through my you know party girl stage i went through different things that i gone through so to me, I feel that for as for me, I don't know if other can relate, is that uh, there's a when you're a kid, you have the awareness. You know, for me, is I had awareness, I have this gift, I don't know what to do with it. And then in my teen year, and even in my through my Christianity, I do feel I have a knowledge of it. And now that I'm in my, you know, in my 40, I feel that, you know, once I learned how to read Akashic Record, I integrate my awareness and knowledge into me embodying it and accepting it. That is no longer something that around me or in my head only, but it's something that is I is who I am, who I chose to be. So um so yeah, I that that what I would be saying like to to give a summary of my my journey. So, um, so yeah, so with, after the Christianity, I, I kind of did my own thing and just put a lot of my energy in pursuing my corporate career, you know, so I, I have worked in entertainment for over 15 years as a photo editor and photo publicist and had worked for some of really amazing show like Breaking Bad, um, the Outlanders, you know, and then also edit photo at the Oscar and the, at the Emmys and Coachella and all those things. So I pursue all those things. And then I just start to feel like, okay, I love this, but I want to start going back to my spirituality. And it was happened in 2012 during the time where um, my work situation was become kind of <clears throat> a little toxic. I got out from um, a relationship that it was also very unhealthy. And I was just looking for an answer, looking for something that will give me some solace. 
And then my friend told me about a little bookstore near me called Liberate Emporium. And they host an event. You know, I went online and I looked for like event to go to, like what you do here in LA. You look for a little event to go to and hang out with people at a time when people actually hang out with people. <laughs> um, so, and then I saw that they said, oh, learn how to read Akashic Records. I'm like, oh, didn't really know how to pronounce it at the time, but something in my heart say, you know, go do that. So, so I did, I signed up. I remember was driving back from Sony at the time through LA traffic and it was late. And in the little description said, you, you know, if you're late, you cannot enter. I'm like, okay. oh no. So I was like, oh no. So I got there. And then um, I was about to leave. There was something in me said, I don't know. I know I'm ready for this. Just like how I'm in the womb. It's like, no, man. You know? Mm -hmm. And then and then the owner saw me and she's like, oh, are you here for the class? I'm like, shit. <laughs> she saw me. So then I, and, and from then it was a history. So I took beginning, advanced, healing an Akashic record, um, fighting your soul path in Akashic Record and manifesting in Akashic Record. So I probably spent over 100 plus hours of studying it, plus practicing it, you know, and I probably have read for over a thousand Akashic Records now. So, which has been really cool. Two things that I would love to address for the listeners out there. Number yeah. one is what your definition of the Akashic records are. Mm -hmm. And then number two is, I think for myself and maybe others, there is this perception that anybody who is intuitive or psychic has special powers and abilities that yeah. the rest of the world does not have, right? They're the gifted ones. Mm -hmm. And hearing you talk about, I took these courses now from what I've been gathering over my own spiritual journey the last year or so is that we all have the capacity and abilities to tap into this. So you can train yourself in the way that you did, but I never knew that. Like all growing up, I was just, you know, even though I was very empathic and sensitive and could also feel like energies. And I was very into like witchcraft when I was a little girl, you know, I think a lot of children are very attracted to that, you know? playing with my mom's tarot cards but she was like don't touch those my mom was very like she she was very superstitious about what you could conjure up so you know that that definitely planted a seed I didn't really go near tarot cards for a long time because she had an experience where she um had like a possession during a I'm reading sure. that she was doing for herself like a, a a voice came out of her and the walls were shaking and it scared the shit wow. out of her. And so after that, she was like, she like, did not touch her tarot cards ever again. And of course, I was like, I, those are, I guess these are forbidden territory. But how do you explain the Akashic Records? And then I would love to talk about this idea of that we can all channel. Absolutely. And how do how does someone get started with that? If they're like, I want to channel. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So let's talk about Akashic Records. So Akashic Records, how would I put it? It will be, well, the word Akasha is come from a Sanskrit word, which means primal substance, like kind of almost like the molecular of how things come to be. But to kind of talk in a layman's term is that Akashic Record is a celestial database of your soul. Just imagine a giant computer 
that collecting information about who you are or the maker of you. You know, there's a two part in Akashic Record. There's a blueprint, which is who you are. This is uh, basically the core of who you are as a soul in many lifetimes. And then Quranical of your soul. This is where free will come in. And what I'm excited about, you can make choices to choose to stay this way or you can choose the choices to evolve, you know, and, and the story that you can change through that. So, so in ancient Egyptian times, sometimes they, you can see as um, emerald tablet, you know, in the thought emerald tablet that could be seen as a type of Akashic record as well. So um, in terms of people ability to channel and intuitive, this is what I'm really passionate about because I believe that everyone born with that gift and we just been programmed by our school system, how how we how our parents sometimes because parents would be like oh don't say that or don't think that people are gonna think you're crazy to me is really about us deactivating that programming get rid of it and in that way you can tap into the essence of who you are, essence of who you are in many lifetimes as a mystic, as a witch, as a warlock, and as a being that are beyond just human body and chemical function. We are a powerful spiritual beings. And I believe that it's a matter of get rid of those thoughts that people are gonna think I'm crazy or even change the language that when you say about when your intuition coming in, it's like, you know, it's so weird. Or, oh my God, I know it sounded crazy, but was like, you know, just change the language of it and start to say something like, you know, I experienced this, you know, and it's really quite fascinating or magical. So you kind of erasing the old story of how you see your intuitive gifts. And you can always ask your guide, say like, I'm ready. I did that. I did that in 2012 and said like, you know what? I've been running away for a while. I'm ready. And that's when everything kind of comes together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so- it's like <laughs> thinking about in, uh, in vampire movies, you must invite the vampire in. They're not yes. going to come in unless you invite them in. So, but you, <laughs> you can say, okay, I'm ready now, Mr. Vampire. Not that your guides are vampires, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm ready. Yeah. Don't bite, don't bite my neck though. But it's so amazing because when I had a reading with you that morning, I kind of channeled my own guidance mm. and wrote some things down. And then yeah. when you channeled my guides, you said verbatim mm-hmm. what I wrote in the journal. And I was like, what, how, what other kind of confirmation do you need? <laughs> and you, yeah. you spoke exactly what I had written, which yeah. is just incredible. Like some, I, they were, they were speaking through me, but I think it's the trusting, like you said, we're so programmed to think that what is coming through is. I'm just making it up. Exactly. And so for you, how, how was that journey of trusting that, you know, 
when you are channeling for someone else, when you're doing a reading for someone, yeah. how do you know that what is coming through is feels like truth versus your own imagination? Or is there no difference? Ah, such a good question. Um, well, it's two things. One other thing is to, because it's both. Because it's both. Is that a time that basically I just have to get out of my own way, get out of my own insecurity and self-doubt and be like, this is not my record. This is her or his record. I'm just going to say what I hear and feel and experience and just let it be. And in some way, it's easier that way because you don't struggle within yourself. Should I say it? What if she doesn't agree? It doesn't matter because sometimes I will say something that it might not resonate with that person right away. It will resonate with them later. Mm-hmm. So it's not my job to quarantine information. <laughs> it's not my job to like, you know, I just need to share. And another thing too, I also, as you mentioned, is it, is it, is it in my head? Is it my information? Is that's a really interesting one because I do believe that as human, we have we have our soul contract within ourselves. We also have soul contract with each other as a soul group. So sometimes we come as a human together to experience certain things through my own life or through your own life in order to relate to another person. So so it may seemingly, oh, it's in my head, but whatever is quote unquote in your head is actually part of your soul group Akashic Records in order to use that experience as a wounded healer to heal yourself and share it with others. So it's both. It can be things that channel directly from the source. And then also another thing is that your soul as a human who is not just a human, also a powerful spiritual being can use that human experience and bring that to the table as well. So it's is both and both are powerful and beautiful. So how much do you see that people's past lives impact their current life? It's a lot. A lot. And oh, yeah. How does that show up for people that you see like themes? Um I see just think of it as a subconscious memory. You know, like we, you know, we often talk about subconscious memory from our childhood and people open to that and like, oh yeah, I can see that why I do this. Same thing, subconscious memory from past life affecting who you chose to be your parents and who you chose to be your partner is is all of the same. Just, you know, some are more quote unquote scientific more accepting than the other but to me just the same soul memories that come through from different lifetime absolutely and i'm thinking of an example let's say you have a sibling uh-huh. i'll just use my, myself my, i have a twin brother and we're sure. very different he was always a very adventurous he'd go on the roller coaster he'd climb the, t- the mountain he'd hang off the cliff do anything like looking for that adrenaline rush loving that feeling And I was the complete opposite, pretty much terrified of anything that could bring me to my death in that way of like heights and those kinds of like scary rides. And so coming from twins, right, coming from the same parents, 
makes me think of perhaps there was a because this was started when we were pretty much right away when we were little what how different were our past lives and you know maybe something i experienced versus what he experienced that caused that trauma from the get-go of being afraid you know um i don't remember exactly your um akashic record because sometimes when i channel or just night I don't remember it. But what I see, what I'm feeling right now, because you both, you both, you and your brother are very adventurous, but differently. Like he adventurous physically, but I don't think he adventurous like spiritually or so wise. Mm-hmm. You know, like he may seemingly that he like bow and do all this thing but when it's come to healing he not as adventurous as you you are willing to go to like the deepest of the roller coaster of emotion in order to come out the other way so you guys you guys are kind of the way see you guys are similar but opposite from each other but also can teaching each other a lot of things you know, and I think it's sometimes that I find that twins, that their biggest struggle is that they're so busy trying to be different from one another while they forgot to celebrate and accept the similarity that they have. Yeah, for sure. I think that as we got older, we wanted to connect more in that way of being similar. And when you're kids, it's all about that autonomy, like I'm yeah. different. I'm me, yeah. you know. Me and you, you, and you like to eat this and want to eat that, and yeah. it just becomes a struggle of trying to be different, and then don't get to integrate the thing that are the same that connect to each other. I mean, you guys are sharing the womb, but really, I mean, that is as close as close can be. Yeah. Do do souls who share a womb? Do they are they? I'm assuming decide that <laughs> together. Oh, yeah. And are those souls, you know? when it comes down to our originality, right? The soul that's that experience different lives, but that there is just that essence of us. Yeah. Do we connect with the same souls over and over again, like a soul family? <laughs> mm, yes and no. Do I, you know, will you keep coming to meet the same guy you dated in your past life? You know, over and over again, no. Okay. Because sometimes you meet different people from different past lives to come do different things. So, but yes, but in an essence, that's a, hmm. Because I have have my own Akashic record open right now. So I'm kind of, oh, that's interesting information. So sometimes you come as a soul group with these groups of people and you evolve together, you you found your friend, you connect, you know, and sometimes you even meet people that within a soul group that come to challenge you. And I think eventually when you evolve to a certain stage, you may go into another soul group Mm. in the next lifetime. But what's so beautiful is that it's create this beautiful, um, e- like kind of almost ecosystem where, let's say that you and I may have a past life together as the witch in 13th century. And then, um, but me and your husband doesn't know each other in that lifetime. But through our experience from the 13th century, I get to meet your husband and now we connected 
and then he may know somebody else that may connect it to me from another that team by time. So it's like all connected. So it doesn't have to be the same group that carry in this bubble together. Mm-hmm. It can be like intertwined and integrate integrated, and it's really quite beautiful. So. So are you saying that you and I were witches in the 13th century? <laughs> I wave. I can see that. <laughs> I love it. I, that's like a fa- little girl fantasy, you know, to have been the witch. That was yeah, my, when I was. Coven. I, yeah. mean, I, I feel that there are many people that probably meet again in this lifetime that have been there and done that, you know. And, and I mean, just I was thinking the other day of how. I was thinking like, how is it that it meets so many po- people that come from Atlantean time? I mean, like, mm. is that odd? Is that too many people? But think about it. We are in 2021 right now. And there are like billions of people. And imagine in at, at, Atlant- uh, ancient Atlantean, I'm sure that there are millions of people too. So for you to meet people that are coming from that lifetime, it's not like this special, I mean, it is special, but it's not special in a sense that, oh, it's only like small groups of people. It's a civilization, you know? So yeah, so oftentimes we get to meet people that come from those lifetime and you know, and that's, that just is, and it's amazing. So if you want to tap into your own records, what would you tell the listeners how to start that connection with themselves and the divine? Mm, Well, first thing first is to ask divine, say like, I'm ready. I'm ready to know myself in a deeper level. I'm ready to accept myself. I'm ready to receive the information and activate my heart to be open to receive, remove any self-doubt for me to receive. Then there are so many ways to receive Akashic Record. I mean, I have a method that I'm trained and then also a method that is, because I, I was trained through a method through Dr. Linda Hout, who is, you know, she received um, a pathway prayer that can access the Akashic records. And now that I've been doing it for a long time, my teacher, Helen Vonderheide, had developed a program that you can create your own pathway. So hmm. I create my own pathway with my own, you know, my own guys that connect to me and different things that I do with it. So to me, you can create your own connection to your own Akashic records and people access Akashic record all the time through Reiki, through meditation, through even walking in nature, because it's like, it's essentially at the end of the day, it's your information about who you are. So the more you tap into yourself, the more you love yourself, the more you're accepting yourself, I feel that is the more you can receive information from the Akashic records. So, so you can do it through meditation. You can through, do it through breath work. I find that breath work is really powerful. So it's help you get out of your way and tap into um, another dimension. So yeah, there's so many things you can do, but the key is to open your heart to receive and to tap into it. And very importantly, get rid of the expectation of what is supposed to feel like, smell like, sound like, you know, and, and be able to receive the, 
whatever you need to receive in the time that is right for you. That is huge because there's definitely an assumption around this connection that it will be seeing a spirit, you know, just as if I'm just in the same way I'm staring at this candle right now that I'm going to see something Uh or I'm going to hear a voice that's not my voice. Or I'm going to smell a smell that doesn't, you know, that isn't in this room. And those kinds of expectations really set you up for disappointment when you're connecting in this way. Frustration, (laughs) judgment, and other thing that is not going to help you, you know, and to me is the key to receiving information is to be trust and receive what that what's come to you is what you needed. Because it's not about like, ooh, I want to receive information like how he did it or how she did it. No, you receive information, how you're going to receive it and have gratitude for it. And if you want to ever receive more information, let's say that, you know, I'm, I'm a naturally Clara, Clara audience, I hear but it's also come with other things. I also have ringing in the ears and other fun things that, you know, people don't talk about. And then, but sometimes there were times that I asked, like, I want to become more clarisentient where I can feel it in my body. So that's the ability that I'm developing now where I start to feel more in my body and start to kind of sometimes have jolt. <laughs> and it was kind of odd, but I'm like, okay. I'm okay with it. Eventually this joke will go away and then it will get integrated and just, you know, just ask them. Like if you say that, but the key is before you even step into you want more of something, you have to become really comfortable and loving the gift you have. Because it's kind of like, it's kind of almost the way I see it is... If you learn about something, let's just say you learn how, okay. They always give me driving, driving lesson. So <laughs> um, so if you, let's say that you want to learn how to drive like a stunt double, you know, but before you learn how to drive like a stunt double, you should learn how to drive just down the street and really enjoy that experience, love driving and appreciate that driving. And then once you get comfortable with that and loving on that, then you can learn how to drive like mm. a stunt double, mm-hmm. you know? And and that can can be done. It's just oftentimes people just like Well if they're not if they're not good at it, if it doesn't come easy, then I'm not gonna I'm gonna give up on it is what I think. And that has to do with our culture. Mm-hmm. And, and the programming that we've received, which is everything is instant gratification, overnight success, right? Yeah. I and always a, like to say competition. 15 year overnight success is what you don't see for many people <laughs> is that it took over a decade for people like all of a sudden you might know someone and it seems like they're an overnight success. But if you talk to them, they have been grinding this thing out and working oh, on their craft for a very long time. Yeah. yeah they've been doing Akashic Records. But it's an Akashic Records probably seven years, you know, mm-hmm. and even before that as a child. And so it's like in all the ups and downs and not to mention ascension symptom and other things that come beyond, you know, the glamorous stuff. So it's I'm in know, that right now. I'm in the really non-glamorous part of this right now. Yeah. And and and, it, and it's I'm just learning that like you were saying earlier about emotions 
that we get nervous around, oh, no, I don't feel good. And then we automatically judge that as I got to get back to baseline. I have to get back to feeling well. And I'm really practicing being okay with that. Some days I am like in full on like ascension symptoms lately of feeling other people's and the world's emotions, but also learning that it's not my job to take on the weight of all of that either. You know, yeah. some of this isn't always, it's not ours to carry the burden of yeah. everything. We collectively yeah, it, are here together to do this yeah. thing. Exactly. It's come for you to recognize it, feel it, and eventually release it. Because sometimes we like, oh, let's release it now. Which, you know, certain thing, yes. But certain thing is like, it take a little bit of time and it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I can share with my ascension symptom in 2012 when I asked, and I don't want the listener to be afraid because I also will tell you how to kind of navigate it. So in 2012, I was like, all right, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be done with this running away from my power. I'm gonna tap into my intuition, bring it. And then what come with bring it was I had, vertigo for weeks mm. i could not go to work i literally my whole entire house was spinning yeah. i was nauseous because i was running away from it for so long mm-hmm. and i was like, yes bring it and like okay you ready we are so excited and it's like boom i was like i had like and after the vertigo went away after two weeks of not being able to go to work or drive i have ringing in the ear it was so loud i could not go to bed Mm. You know, and and then what I did was that I asked them, say, and at the time I didn't know it was ascension symptom. I went to one of the best, you know, ENT doctor and they were like, sorry, you have tinnitus is done. I was like, wait, girl, I just pay you $500. <laughs> <laughs> To tell me that nothing you can do for me. And then I even got ultrasound, nothing wrong with me. And and then I realized one of the things that came to my heart was that I'm not going to let Western medicine stop me from my healing process. So I started doing some research. I started to go to, you know, find that acupuncture did help and does help a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it basically helps your body heal itself and rebalance. Your everything. energy pathways. Exactly, energy pathways. So so I still can hear it, but it's very light. You it have that light. too, right? You yeah. have tonight, like, do you have it all the time? No. Okay, then you've mentioned yeah. that you have the ringing in your ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it's just the way, the way they put it, sometimes you're receiving messages and it just needs your brain to kind of, translated to what mm-hmm. it needed to be and the key is you can and now for those listeners out there that have ascension symptom you can always connect to your guy and say i acknowledge this could you help me um be able to bring it in a frequency that my body can adjust and handle gracefully and they will adjust it for you mm-hmm. because sometimes when we ask them we ask us you know like tenacity it's like bring it i want to be this you know tap into my power it's like okay great here we go and you're like oh my god so so you can always tell to them, tell them to calm down, down a little bit yeah you know until your body is ready to like you know um integrate everything so you can always 
tell them to work with you and find the right healer and all those things and they will provide for you. So I love that. Ask and you shall receive, whether you are asking to connect with this powerful (laughs) part of us that we all have. Or if you're asking, hey, can you just turn the volume down a little bit? This is a bit much. I'm trying to. I didn't expect this. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm just trying to, like, go to the bank right now or, you know, get gas. I'm trying to do normal human human things. (laughs) Yeah. So where can people find you? And are you I know you're pretty booked up with readings, but you you said you're opening up to some weekdays so people can try to book with you some weekdays so um so they can find me the best way to book with me just on my website which is www.tiensirin.com which is my name you know keep it simple and i use my name because i will use your name to access the akashic record so i feel like it's fitting you know and um and then yes i do have weekdays open you know, so like during the daytime, but I'm also open to evening for people that have different time zones. So if they don't find a time, like looking for the date and if the time doesn't quite fit your schedule, just email me. And I also um, start to do additional servicing that someone may not know is I do a couple reading. So I do a couple reading where I, I split the time where I read Akashic Record of one person and another person. And at the end, we end up integrating why are they here together? You know, what are here, what they're here to do. And with the way I read, maybe a little bit different than other Akashic Record reader, because I believe that information is great. But if you're not heal, if you're not integrated, is kind of just information is information. So sometimes if your guy, if your guy were to ask me to do inner child healing or do a bit of shamanism in it, then, you know, be open to that. <laughs> and, um, and another thing that I just opened up is, which I'm very excited, is to do reading for people in the entertainment industry mm. because I have been in it for so long. You know, I know pretty much the in and the out of the marketing and publicity for movie studio and television shows. And I do believe that everything that we do, even though it's not quote unquote spiritual, is spiritual, is part of our soul path. Everything that we have done in the past is ought to be integrated and loving on it instead of abandoning it and saying, oh, that's not spiritual. I'm saying, no, you as a human living and breathing here on this earth is spiritual. Eating is spiritual. Even watching Netflix is spiritual, <laughs> you know, and, and I think it's important to love all that part of you and not, not abandoning it. And I just feel very excited to use my skill and ability both in the corporate world that I have learned and gained integrated with Akashic Record to able to help people that in the industry create something more powerful and more uplifting for the collective. Uh, That's wonderful. Uh, That Mm. I'm very excited for you to be doing, to see the bigger picture of why why your soul has incarnated in this way, where you are able to share with so many people, even, you know, through the technology we have and social media, for example, having those platforms for people who are celebrities 
if they could access that and understanding, oh, Mm -hmm. I can uplift the collective through my messaging. That's really cool. Absolutely. Like I have so many clients who are showrunners and actors and I find that their work, you know, so important, you know, as much as they are, you know, it's so influential to me. And I feel that actors are powerful, um, kind of to me, I see them as an alchemist that they embody certain character and emotion in order for the audience to watch them and feel entertained by it uplifting by it or simply don't feel alone you know have you ever watched a tv show and movie and you're like oh wow yeah i can relate it transcends those experiences you know Mm -hmm. and you're like oh my gosh it brought so much healing for just watching that show or that you know or that movie yeah. And I find that they are the heal they are healers in many ways. And I had showrunners who who creating something really powerful that, you know, help others to see themselves properly. So Well, yeah. I am so grateful for you taking the time to do this show with us. And Yeah, thank you. And thank for you. anyone out there listening, book a reading. I had an incredible reading. It was on July 4th. And like oh, I said, it, yeah, it was, it was so, so wild that we had a reading on July 4th, but we had no celebrations here in Boulder, Colorado because of the fires. There was no fireworks or anything. So it was, it was a good opportunity for me to have a reading. And I brought just a lot of clarity for myself and my soul's kind of journey in this incarnation and my path. And so uh, I recommend anybody to book with you because it was just, it was fantastic. And we are, getting out of here to go hop on an airplane right now and go to LA where you are. And so I have your, I have your number. I'll text you. Maybe we yeah. can grab a tea and actually see each other and feel yeah. each other's energy in real time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tian, thank you so much for joining us on the WooCast. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. You guys are magical. Aww.